Welcome to Healthcare and Hire, a podcast for healthcare professionals and aspiring healthcare executives looking for information, association, and inspiration from higher-level leaders across the healthcare industry. I'm Iqbal Acha, career consultant, healthcare recruiter, and registered pharmacist. Every week, I sit down to interview healthcare executives, clinical leaders, medical entrepreneurs, and industry experts to learn how they got to where they are today, what they see as the future of healthcare, and what they're doing to make healthcare more accessible, affordable, and effective. Let's find out more about today's guest. Dr. Jesse Nia Huang is the Associate Director of U.S. Medical Strategy of Immunology at Bristol-Myers Squibb. She is responsible for supporting the team in implementing the company's strategy for their Ducravacitinib program launch in dermatology. Throughout her career, Dr. Huang has held several prominent positions within the company, including as manager of Orencia Global Publications and as the Associate Director of Business Development. She is also a leader, having served as the national president and the first executive chairwoman of the Student National Pharmaceutical Association. Dr. Huang holds a bachelor's degree in biology from Spelman College and a doctor of pharmacy degree from the St. Louis College of Pharmacy. She is also a certified medical publication professional by the International Society of Medical Publication Professionals. Dr. Huang is an active alumnus and is deeply passionate about diversity in clinical trials. Hello, Dr. Huang. Welcome to the Healthcare and Higher podcast. Thank you for having me. And please don't call me Dr. Huang. You can just call me Jesse. I will absolutely respect that. I know that you've earned the title and it just makes me proud and honored to have you on the show. Jesse, you and I have known each other for quite some time. I know that we've got a very rich history and I really want us to dive into that so we can help the listeners really hear all the great things that you've been doing uh, and the steps that you've taken to get here. I'm sure some of the listeners are people that we know in common, but there's probably a certain percentage that are meeting you for the first time. Why don't we take this opportunity and have you introduce yourself properly? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how does your role take healthcare to a higher level? Absolutely. Again, Iqbal, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here on your podcast. Um, my name is Jessie Nia Wang, and I have the honor of currently serving as the Associate Director of the TIC2 Medical Strategy Team uh, at Bristol Myers Squibb. I have had the opportunity to attend Spelman College to get my bachelor's degree, uh, progress to pharmacy school at St. Louis College of Pharmacy, and then progress to have the FAMU BMS residency PharmD program at BMS. Um, since then, I've had the opportunity to 
work and navigate throughout the industry at Bristol Myers Squibb to currently serve as the Associate Director of Ducravacitinib, uh, which is a TIC2 inhibitor. Uh, it's a program that we currently have right now uh, within our medical strategy team. And this is an opportunity that I would have to share with you that allows me to really touch patients on a bigger scale. Um, I'm having the opportunity to really ensure that patients are always at the center of everything that I do. So I'm very grateful for this opportunity. And hopefully it's something that is allowing me to take healthcare to the higher level. I love it. And Jesse, I'm very excited to learn more about this particular class uh, of medication that you're, that you're supporting. You know, I'm, and most people will look at this video or hear this podcast and recognize that I'm an old school pharmacist. So, you know, my touch with Bristol Myers Squibb pretty much is relegated to brand names like Glucophage or Abilify. But I know most people are familiar with newer medications, right? Like Yervoy uh, and Eliquis. So a uh, TIC2 inhibitor, why don't we talk a little bit about that? What is that class about? Um, and then like, what are you and your team doing to help either expand knowledge about that class um, or share with us a little bit about some of the problems that you and your team are trying to solve as it relates to this particular niche? Absolutely. So being in the immunology team currently right now, I have the opportunity to really address a lot of unmet needs for a lot of patients from um, various skin conditions from dermat ranging from therapeutic areas in dermatology, uh, rheumatology, and other conditions as well uh, that patients currently suffer from. And there's a lot of unmet needs in these areas, which I'm getting the opportunity to really assess the clinical trials, work very closely with these thought leaders in order to identify what we're doing in order to lay out the strategy that we would want. So in that piece there, you know, I, I really believe that we're going to be able to target and touch a lot of patients um, with autoimmune conditions. Uh, me, myself being one as well, which is truly the reason why I took on the role for my own personal selfish reasons as well. As a patient with an autoimmune condition, having this drug, you know, it really ignites me every single time I go to work. It is a part of my why. That, that's very personal. I'm glad that you had the courage to share that. Are you comfortable sharing a little bit more in terms of the connection from you as a patient to this particular class of drugs? I mean, I, I personally was not aware of that, and I don't want you to feel uncomfortable sharing, but I think it would help the audience recognize the value that you see and how these TIC2 inhibitors can change the, the, the outcomes of a patient and even educate other clinicians. Absolutely. So with the TIC2, just to share a little bit about my personal condition, um, uh, the condition that I currently have right now, there is a lot of different therapeutic agents out right now for my condition. However, it's, it's broad range in the way it is efficacious and also the safety profile. So TIC2 actually gives you the same level of efficacy for my, my personal condition while also maintaining a level of safety that actually is very targeted and not anything close to the ones that are like its cousins, the other Jack inhibitors, right? So it's a tick two class. It was something that was founded within BMS as well. So it's almost like a darling molecule that we were able to identify. Being someone that's from an underserved community, it's so important for me to always be an advocate for patients. So I do believe being a part of my current U.S. medical strategy team, which is really comprised of only right currently four people right now, you know, I get to have the perspective from a patient perspective and having that patient perspective 
thinking about the patient and keeping them always in mind, whether it is related to access, whether it's related to advocacy, whether it is related to the unmet need, that is where it is so critical and important for me to ensure that you know my, my colleagues are taking those pieces into consideration as we work to educate other healthcare providers as well about this brand new class. You know, my, my condition is something that is an autoimmune condition that has lots of therapeutic agents. However, you know, as science has progressed and advanced, there has been more targeted therapies that are available for us. And this is an example of one of those where I can actually choose a medication without all the safety effects that my current one may have. So I'm just very excited for what's to come with this inhibitor, this tick 2 inhibitor. Yeah, no, I mean, I can only imagine the the exhilaration you must feel because you're able to see the value that this new class of drugs is going to bring. Like you're you're almost talking about eliminating an entire safety profile or side effect profile for a, a large group of patients, and I think that that's really helpful. You know, it, it's. It's interesting that you you know frame it in how the way that you're framing it, right? You're a patient that is undergoing the same symptoms as the actual uh, patients that this is intended to solve and cure for, and you're able to speak to other providers so that they understand it's not just you know the data that's being presented; it's the actual impact, and that makes a huge, huge difference. So I'm glad that you see that. We're getting all the experts together, right? Our our therapeutic area experts together to identify how do we actually not just educate their colleagues, but also educate the patients to empower our patients as well. So I think that there's a lot of different, um, I guess, balls in the air uh, when it comes to medical strategy that you have to take into consideration. So I think that's the piece that, you know, that truly excites me. I, I I can see that. Like from a strategy perspective, you are not only trying to work towards a, a, a short a short-term goal, right? But you're actually planting the seeds for how this class of drugs is just going to really be uh, accepted in a larger community, and then continuing that uh, through education and awareness. I think is really pivotal. Jesse, you've had your personal touch with this particular uh, disease state and these types of drugs is really remarkable for me to hear. It's the first I, I've heard about it, uh, and I'm again really glad that you had the courage to to share that on the show. Talk to me a little bit about how this opportunity came into your uh, onto your horizon, and then how did you know that this was the right position for you? Wow, that's a great question, Iqbal. So, one thing I have to say is that I've had incredible um, mentors and sponsors, and then I mean, these mentors and sponsors have become colleagues, um, but I still look up to them with so much respect because of all of their guidance that they've, they continue to pour into me. But I think a lot of it had to do, the preparation to be in a role like this, I do believe requires a lot of trial and error. You know, one of the things that, you know, we all have to understand is that you're not going to always get it right the first time but it's a matter of how you're able to bounce back from that. So I share that to say that, you know, throughout pharmacy school, I was able to get tapped um, for a lot of leadership opportunities, namely an organization, you know, some of your listeners may know um, called SNAFA. It was a student national pharmaceutical association group. And I had the privilege of serving as a national president and serving as the first chairwoman of the organization. During that time, there was a lot of trial and error, being the first of anything at my institution, at my uh, college of pharmacy, to serving in that role. So lots of trial and error is number one. 
I think was the lesson number one to prepare you. Uh, number two is being open to opportunities and also listening to feedback. Feedback is truly a gift. When people tell you you have a particular superpower or a particular um, talent in something, try to listen to them or try to work on honing that particular tool. Um, I think that was my second piece. And then last but not least, I think the support system that I had really helped navigate me towards being in a pharmaceutical company that would allow me to really take my some of my gifts and some of my my interests, honestly, really my passions and, you know, self-serving here, uh, my, my passions and my particular gifts that I've, you know, attained and, and honed in on uh, over the years to elevate something beyond me because it's bigger than me. When it comes to healthcare, it's always going to be bigger than all of us, right? So I think that those were the pieces, those were the elements that helped prepare me. But how did I know this was the role? I truly believe that everything happens for a reason, Iqbal. Everything truly does. And it just so happened I was in a very interesting crossroads in my life through quarantine um, that, you know, we all, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone has experienced where you had to be very introspective. And I wanted to tap back into the science and really truly identify what my, pa my passion was and also my why. It led me to this role and um, I had to trust my gut on this one. I love the way that you share and showcase the stepping stones that you that you took in, in part of your professional journey. I think a lot of people have this, I don't want to call it a mental block, but they have this like trigger system where they see an opportunity and then they start doing the pro con list, right? Like the pros of this opportunity are this because I've done X and I have the skill set or I have the strength, but the cons are like, it's a completely a different industry, a different company. I don't know this. And then they start kind of like talking themselves out of it. They start like, weighing more heavily on the con side rather than seizing on the opportunity and leveraging the strengths and skills that they are confident in. So I'm glad that you shared that with us, Jesse. And I think that that hopefully will motivate a lot of people to recognize, you know, there's still greater things that are out there. We just have to say yes. And that really, really changes the game. Jesse, you just for a couple of moments ago, you talked about your why, and it's really helpful that you that you bring that up. Uh, I know Simon Sinek is a very prominent leader, and he speaks a lot about you know know your why, um, and really it's it's your mission in life, like you know the reason why you wake up in the morning to do X Y Z, like that is the motivating factor. And Jesse, I'd love to know what is your why. I have so many different whys, but I have to say. Um... To whom much is given, much is required. I am a product of an underserved community. And so my why is always to elevate and to always make patience the center of everything that I do. Being a patient myself, having undergone so much adversity um, to be even where I'm at today. And I feel as though there were a lot of um, moments that were possibly setbacks, but they were never true failures. I think in the moment I may have thought they were failures, uh, but they were setbacks. Um, but I think that that is what has allowed me to be the resilient individual um, that will not take no for an answer. If we can push something further for patients, by all means, sign me up for it. I don't care how hard it is. I wanna continue to do that. I think that it's just really important to pave the way for others as others have paved the way for me. Um, so that's a part of my why and what I do. I mean, your passion burns very brightly, Jesse. I can just, I mean, it's been a couple of years since we reconnected, but even on this conversation, like 
it's the same passion that you have for pushing the envelope for you know standing up for what's right that that really is what defines a solid leader um, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times from a billion other people, right? But I've always respected that about you, which was when you saw something that was wrong, you stepped in to fix it. And when there was something that needed to be brought forward um, or had a spotlight shine on it, you were the one that flipped the switch and, and you did that. So that's really remarkable to hear that that continues to be part of your, 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 your tool belt uh, is what I'll call it. Jesse, you had several positions throughout the course of your career post-graduation. You mentioned a few of them already, um, and ones that you didn't mention, right? I know that you were a, man uh, a manager of a global publication division within Bristol-Myers Scribb. Um, you were also an associate director for business development. Now the current role that, you hold, that you're holding uh, within, I think it's ranked number 75 on the Fortune 500 list, Bristol-Myers Squibb is. Um, you know, you, you're, you're definitely somebody that, you know, consistently finds opportunities to improve. Um, and again, even previously, you described your roles as a national president and the first ever executive chairwoman of a national organization. Having that kind of, you know, career at, at the age that you're at is really remarkable. But when you take a look back, when you do some self-reflection, is there an achievement or an accomplishment that you look and that you say, hey, thus far, that's the coolest or most impressive thing that I can say I've done. It has to be pushing my boundaries and going to the pharmacy school and completing that, um, that mission for myself. Um, many people don't know, but I applied to pharmacy school and did not get in. I was rejected at every single institution, but that did not stop me. I don't know. There was a drive inside of me that I just couldn't shake. And I knew I had to be you know, a pharmacist. I needed to be in a place where I can empower and elevate patients. That was just very, very important. One of the things that I'm most proud of right now is to say that I, I've completed pharmacy school and my horizons, um, every ceiling that I've ever seen and known has opened up for me. Uh, and I've been grateful for that, you know, my greatest accomplishments. And it, it opened up doors to meet incredible individuals like yourself, Iqbal, who what a lot of people don't know on this podcast is that Iqbal always gives pearls of wisdom. You know, if you just sit and listen to people like Iqbal um, and any of your mentors and people who pour into you, I mean, you learn from them so many things and so many pearls. So I'm just grateful for the expansion of mentors I've had, including you as well. So I thank you so much for that. I'm not sure if I fully answered your question, uh, but I just had to add that in there. <laughs> you're, you're way too sweet, Jesse. You are way too sweet. There. The uh, <laughs> Trying not to blush, uh, but you're certainly doing a good job at that. So thank you. Um, Jesse, let's let's think about some of the the life lessons you've learned, right? You've already explained a couple of things in terms of like again your determination, how you get up every time you fall, uh, and I'm sure that there's been a couple of moments throughout the course of your career where you thought it was going to go in a certain direction and it went totally the opposite. But you learned something from that that's become a cornerstone or a foundational block of how you either treat other people, how you approach initiatives. What's that one life lesson that maybe you learned early on in your personal or professional journey that you say really shaped the trajectory of how you approach people, projects, uh, and processes? I would say I'm not in this to be normal. And because of that, it is really, really important to always 
do your best to trust your own power. I had to learn to develop what my superpowers were. Um, and I still am on that journey to learning what my superpowers are. I don't know all of my superpowers, but I do have one or two, um, including, you know, eating, um, sleeping, uh, being, you know, two of my favorite superpowers that I have. Um, but no, jokes aside, you know, I think that it's just the constant journey of learning. That That's something that I do feel as though is something that, you know, continues to drive me every single day. So yeah, I'm not in this to do what's normal. That That's, you know, if I'm, I'm in this to do what's normal, then, you know, there's, there's no uh, raising the bar. So I, I'm all about raising the bar wherever we can. No, it's really good. I, I think that most people become accustomed or sometimes just attuned to their environment. And so the ability to break through their own boundaries uh, becomes a challenge. And I'm glad that you, I like how you said that too, right? Like I'm not here, I'm not here to be normal. And yeah. some people are will probably laugh, but I, I totally get like, if you were just somebody, you know, you can find anybody off the street to follow, you know, a recipe or, you know, do whatever they're asking you to do. But that's, that's not why uh, we do what we do, or that's not where you're at, which is good. You know, you've mentioned mentors a few times. I'd like to know if there was a particular individual that really made a difference for you um, in terms of how your career turned out. Like maybe it was an early on person, or maybe it's even a recent mentor um, or a sponsor. But, you know, I always, I believe in giving credit to people for the work and the value that they bring. And if you have someone like that, I'd love to hear that story. I have two names that immediately come to mind, one of which I believe you may know. Um, First person is Vince Williams. Vince Williams is an individual. When I was a first year pharmacy student, um, I just learned what, you know, the, the pros of having a mentor. Like that was how green I was at that time to the point where, you know, I also learned what sponsors were too. It was during my very first, I wanna say my a ASHP meeting during my first year of pharmacy school. And it was, it followed the first SNAFLA meeting I ever attended. And Vince Williams was there and he pulled me to the side and he said, Jesse, I, I really, you know, I, I watched how you like walked into the room um, at that SNAFLA conference. And I don't know if you have a lot of mentors or anything, but I would love to be your sponsor. Wow. Mind you, I have never even known what a sponsor was prior to a presentation that was at that conference. So when he said that my jaw dropped, I, I was just so honored for somebody to eat. Sponsors don't say they want to be your sponsor. They don't come to you and say, I'm going to sponsor you. No, you naturally kind of develop relationships with these individuals. But I was just honored that somebody of his stature was willing to sponsor me and say that, hey, you know, like I'm helping you. I want to help guide you throughout your career in pharmacy school. And that was something that, you know, from there, I was able to meet incredible individuals. Like I said, yourself, you already know, um, and other folks within uh, Walmart Sam's Club. But as I completed my FAMU BMS residency, um, my most recent role prior to the current role as business development, um, an associate director in business development at BMS, um, which you know, that's a role that, you know, allowed for me to expand my horizons and understand different aspects of the company. Um, my manager at that time was all about tapping into your superpower. My goodness, the, the level of leadership that she had, 
um, the level of grace that she had and the level of teasing, putting you in uncomfortable situations for your benefit. Ah, like I, I just, I was just, wow. Like she put me in so many uncomfortable situations, but she said, you're going to be fine. And no matter how nervous I may have been, no matter how scared I was, I was, or I felt unprepared for, she always said, you have a superpower let it shine and let people see that superpower. So um, those are two individuals that immediately come to mind when I think about mentors and sponsors who have truly allowed for me to, you know, blaze my own, blaze my own path. I love that. Um, I mean, we both know Vince very well. Uh, did you mention the name of that Wonder Woman of, uh, of a person? Oh, I'm so sorry. Carla Daly. Carla Daly. Carla if you're Daly. listening, Carla Daly, just know that you have a, a fan yes. that very much adores you. Oh, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Jesse, you're, I mean, a very bright, energetic, happy-go-lucky person. I've always known that, like, whenever you walk into a room, you just mentioned it yourself, like, when you walk into a room, you light the world up. Uh, and I think that that's important for leaders, because as leaders, it's a necessity to inspire, motivate, and lift others so that they can recognize their own potential and then add value to the world around them. But as a leader, you also need to have that poured into you. And sometimes that's through interactions with other people. Sometimes it's relying on a resource, whether it's a book, a quote, you know, a, a form of information and education that you imbibe into your own personal philosophy. So is there a book or a quote or a particular uh, influencer today that you really look up to in order to glean that sort of motivation for yourself on a regular basis? I would probably have to say the late great Kobe Bryant once said you know heroes come and go but legends are forever that is so important to be a I don't necessarily want to be a legend I don't know if I ever want to be someone's hero but I do want to know that whatever I'm doing right now, my calling and my purpose right now, however I am being used as a vessel for, um, you know, with God or whatnot, um, it impacts others in a positive way. I just want to leave something behind to know that I didn't make a difference. And I think that I will be all right knowing that. And so to that point, I just want to circle back that, you know, heroes come and go, but legends are forever. So if you never compromise integrity, I feel like, you know, you eventually will become a legend um, at some point. So, yeah. And, and, you know, there's a part of me that I would, I'll piggyback off of that, right? You know, as I've gotten older uh, and I'm very transparent, like I'm 50, I have three grandkids now all, you know, around the age of one. So, you know, your perspectives <gasps> shift. Um, you know, for, yeah. for many reasons, you want to be able to be known as a, as an entity in whatever professional space. Uh, but you are right. Like when you look back, the time goes very quick, you know, when you're practicing, whether you're practicing as a pharmacist with patients or as a healthcare provider, helping, um, improve clinical outcomes for people, um, or in any capacity, like you just realize where did the 20, 30, 40 years go? Then uh, at the end of it, you want to be able to look back and says, at the you know I did everything that I possibly could with the talents and the gifts that I were bestowed upon me, uh, and I hope that this was the legacy that was created. So I totally get it, totally totally get it. You know, is that you've provided a lot of great 
pearls, uh, as you say that I provide. Uh, you know, you've talked about dedication, you've talked about always having a passion, um, and you've always talked about integrity and, and trying to leave a legacy. Is there any piece of advice that you would give to any of the listeners today that may be listening to this podcast to help them advance their own career? Is there some, something that we haven't talked about that you think, you know, when it comes to the secrets of my success, we've talked about those things, but I would tell you that I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. It's a great question, Iqbal. I would say for all the listeners currently listening right now, um, you know, always remember that you have a superpower, you have a purpose that you should trust your power no matter what it is. Um, if you have the passion to pursue a particular um, particular career or whatever it is uh, to make a difference, do that. The world needs you um, and you never know who's watching you. And I think that's super important. So don't underestimate what you bring to the table. So, so crystal clear. That's so helpful. Jesse, I know a lot of people are going to want to reach out to you, get to know you, maybe even like connect with you for the potential of being your mentee. Um, what's the best way for them to, to connect with you? They can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram as well um, and also on Twitter. So my LinkedIn is Jesse Nia Wang. Uh, my Instagram is jesse.nia and my Twitter is Jesse Nia H. And I will go ahead and give a disclaimer at the current moment of this recording right now that I am in the process of preparing for Tick 2's delivery to the world. Um, so I may be possibly just a tad bit delayed in my responses, uh, but know that I will get back. And um, I look forward to being able to connect with everybody that um, I might be able to help or might be able to help me. <laughs> It's a, you know, it's a mutually shared world. I think everybody should know that networking is critical. And so maybe you can help them today and they will help you later. But I think that's a great call out. Jesse, thanks again so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate your time and your insights and really just wishing you the best so that you can take healthcare to a higher level. Thank you, Iqbal. You're fantastic. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Healthcare and Hire podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow and subscribe for more. I'm your host, Iqbal Acha, and I invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Let me know what you thought about this episode or my show in general. Also, visit me at www.achainternational.com to learn more about how I help healthcare professionals and healthcare leaders advance their career build a better brand, and create a leadership legacy. I'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, let's keep working to take healthcare to a higher level.